A very special edition of the Behind the You podcast as we are joined by Rudy Fernandez. And I'm looking here at, at uh, your title. It says Chief of Staff to President Frank, Vice President for Government and Community Relations. And then I saw a new note. It says Savior of Canes football. Is that is that true? <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> I, I, you know, Josh, all those titles are very kind. But in my heart of hearts, I'm a 10-year-old boy who arrived to Miami in 1983 um, you know, and, uh, and was, uh, and fell in love with the Miami hurricanes. 83 was a very special year as any Kane fan knows. I was, I was, I was around for that too. Great. So I, I enjoyed, I grew up with the canes of the eighties and nineties. And right. And I, um, people think I am, as Matt would tell you, and, and people that are my, uh, on my team will tell you here at the university, they think that I get in a very bad mood. Uh, when the Hurricanes lose because I work at the University of Miami. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm an officer here at the University of Miami, that I'm a senior vice president and a chief of staff to the president. Uh, I get in a bad mood because the Canes are a very special part of my childhood, of, of growing up. I remember going to games with my dad to the Orange Bowl and my dad you know, was lower middle class and a Cuban immigrant. You know, it would always be an effort to, to afford even Kane's tickets, which were very reasonably priced. But some of my best memories are cheering on the Canes at that Orange Bowl. Uh, so the fact that I'm a senior vice president at the university blessed me with the great responsibility and opportunity to do something about fixing the direction of the program. But I love, I bleed the green and orange because I love Kane's football. All right, so... And believe me, it's true, because on your Twitter handle, it says passionate about family, Miami community and Canes football. So I will ask you on a scale of one to 10, how big of a Canes football fan are you? 15. There we go. 15. Listen, I, I, I love I could talk Canes football for hours, for hours. I know uh, I know we don't have that type of time, but so that's I, I why that's why we're going to. That's why we're going to schedule you already. We're going to, I'm also going to, I'm just going to extend the invitation. All right. So we're going to have to do a part two at some point. Okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, I love, I love the Canes. We could have conversations about, you know, my favorite Canes of all time. I will tell you, I've, I've been in front of, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of the Cane greats, uh, you know, working here. And, um, you know, I've told Michael Irvin, who's got as, 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 as much charisma and, and personality and love for the program as anyone. I've, I've stared down Michael Irvin and I've told him, hey, Michael, you're number two in my all-time Canes oh, list. You know? <laughs> you know? and, and like, what do you mean I'm number two, Rudy? Like, yeah, because, you know, Ed Reed is the goat in my, on, my, on my list. And so he got a laugh out of it. And, he, and, and he's like, all right, well, I'm at least top two, right? Exactly. Now, we, have, we, have a great, we have a great program. And, and I got to tell you, one of the things that I, I meditated a lot about as I, you know, as, as I advised the president and, and our board of trustees over the major decisions that we made over the last couple of months is that, you know, the Canes football program has a very powerful emotional connection to the city of Miami and to really the South Florida community. And when you can have an emotional connection to a community, that's something that you nurture. That's something that you invest in. That's something to treasure. So uh, before we get into, because I want to, you know, this is behind the you and typically we do everyone's sort of backstory for this. It's going to almost be the backstory of 
what what occurred over the last month. But one more thing, Rudy, as it relates to your fandom. So you came over here when you were ten, correct? Not yeah, speaking. I was. I was. I was the the son of Cuban uh, exiles who 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 actually met and and married in Puerto Rico, but then were living in Venezuela for a while. So my dad had a job in Venezuela that took him to Venezuela. And, uh, and we moved back to the, to the States when I was 10 years old uh, in, in 1983. So what was your first Canes football game? My, my first Canes football game was in the 84 season. I don't remember what my first Canes football game uh, was. I mean, I've attended a, num- a number of the Florida State games at home. Uh, you know, I was there in, in, uh, for, for, for one of the white right games. So let me ask, so let me just ask you this. So you go, at, you go in 84 and is that, is it immediate? Is the love affair immediate? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yes, it was, it, it was, it was immediate that the orange bowl in all its glory. I, I remember a night game, um, you know, where it was, it was, it was raining really hard and I didn't want to leave the, you know, the, the, the bleachers. I didn't want to leave the stands and my parents were dying to sort of, Hey, let's get, you know, let's go underneath the, 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 the stadium by the concession stands and, and avoid the rain for a while. And I want to stay outside and I'm 11. So my parents didn't want to leave me. So they stayed. So, so I, I, I can't think about Canes football and not think about my dad and mom. All right. So you talked about, you know, this, this precious commodity that we have, right. Of, of Canes football as one, one arm and, and branch of, of the entire university. So, Let's 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 roll this back a few months. You know, think Kirk Herbstreet says what he says on game day. I don't know if that's the immediate sort of igniter of stuff, but ultimately, I don't. You receive a call, you're asked to come into a meeting. Walk, take me back to the initial meeting with President Frank. Uh, is it you and him? Is it you, him, and Joe? And just what are the marching? What's the conversation? What are the marching orders? How does that go? So, so I'll tell you. People, you know, the, 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 the Barry Jackson story in the Herald and the Kirk Herbstreet comments on ESPN definitely accelerated things. But when I talk about the, the mind shift that's, that's happened at the administration level and the board level uh, about recognizing the fact that UM football is intricately tied to our brand, to the way that the brand that we all wear very proudly uh, throughout the university um, is, you know, is, I mean, is intricately tied to our success in football. That, that mind shift really, I give a lot of credit to Mark Richt because Mark Richt, uh, you know, did two very important things during the time that he was here. And I, I, and I believe that we, that he began to lay the foundations for all the, all the great things that we did over the last couple of months. And so he did two things. Number one, obviously, he led an effort to invest in facilities and in, in, in a major upgrade in the facilities. So you, if you tour around the football offices at the short center, or, or if you visit the indoor practice facility, you got to give credit to Mark Richt for improving the facilities on campus, uh, you know, re, you know, recruiting to very talented assistant coaches. Uh, he began the, the, the push to, to increase the, the, um, the salaries of assistant coaches. So that's one thing. But the second thing that he did, Josh, that is incredibly important, is that he gave us a, a recent taste, a, a, a taste that doesn't take us back to 01 or 02, right? Right. Um, of what success could look like. What, you know, he reminded us 
of of how fun it is for the the entire community and for our football program when we're relevant. You know that that 2017 season when we started the season 10 and 0 and we had those back to back games at home against Virginia Tech and against Notre Dame back to back games. In Notre Dame, you know, the, the Hard Rock Stadium has has never been louder than that home game against Notre Dame when Trajan Bandy gets the pick six right before the half that that place was deafening you know the noise was deafening deafening and and i will one of my fondest memories at during the 15 years of being part of the administration here you know that you know you know break out the the turnover chain again i think is the line that joe sagaki uses right yeah so that so mark rick gave us a taste you know we host a game day on campus etc and that, 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 you know, there, every board member that's on our board today was in our board, you know, in 2017, they all saw, you know, what a powerful impact athletics can have on the overall brand of the university and how it's a, it's a great marketing tool. So I'm a fanatic. I've always believed in making the investments that we're making because I'm a fanatic and I believe in the in the importance of sports and the overall, you know, higher, you know, the overall landscape of the University of Miami. But to trustees that are not necessarily fanatics, they all intuitively got the fact that, well, it's, it's an important marketing expenditure, right? Um, so so when, when this, you know, yes, Kirk Herbstreit made the comments that we made, and then Julio Frank and I had a conversation with a couple of our key trustees and, and with Joe Echeverria, who's been a great partner uh, throughout this whole process and is always a huge Kane fan. Well, you know, I, 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 you know, it's funny. Um, I told him, I said, took you to the Virginia tech game to say hello. I said, I've, yeah. I've seen, I've seen you down here all season and you waited till the end of the year to say hi. He tends to be, he likes to fly below the radar. He's got a style right up in the, you know, he and I have a partner. We, we talk every day on, on a host, a, a whole host of issues involving the university uh, so we, be, you know, we were natural partners in this effort, um, uh, but he likes to be behind the scenes. He, by, by his own admission, he'll tell you, hey, Rudy's the communications guy. He can be the, the front man. And he's yeah, I tried um, to get I tried to get him for this. He just he didn't want to do it. No, he, 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 he didn't want to do it. Now, he's got a great story in terms of talking about his fandom. Uh, he is in his mid 60s. He his connection to the University of Miami is that he's a kid from Bronx from the Bronx in New York, who came to UM for undergrad during the loose saving days. So he precedes, he was a student here before Howard, right? Yeah. He got great passion for the university football program. He watches, as you probably, as you know, he watches the games from the sidelines, right? Correct. I'm like, wait a second. I've seen that. I've seen you all season long. Now I know. And you you probably had no idea who he was until you met him, right? I I don't know if I should admit this. I thought he was part of the medical. It's funny that he's an advisor to the U Health, but I thought he he was part of the medical staff, right? He's the CEO of our health system. So Lee Kaplan (laughs) and the medical staff reports up to him. But he's a fantastic guy. He deserves a lot of credit for the success that we had. You know, we had, I I tell to your your point, and this is a long way to get to your answer, uh, September 30th is a day that, you know, it was the day of the Virginia Tech game. Not the Virginia Tech game, sorry, the Virginia game. Okay. The, The Virginia game. It's the day that we, the Thursday night game, September 30th, we're playing Virginia at home. And that's the game that ends when, when Andy Borregales' kick, you know, bounces off in, in, against the uprights and, and comes back out, right? 
and people were deflated and I was driving home, you know, and I got home and I told my wife, you know, Jen, I know that that was a disappointing loss, but people in a few years will look back at September 30th as a key date in the turnaround of the UM uh, football trajectory. Because earlier that day, before the, we, we, we took the field against Virginia, our board of trustees had a, a very important meeting of the athletics committee of the board. And, uh, and the president you know, put out the announcement empowering Joe and I to, 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 to give additional uh, oversight and support to the athletics program and to get a lot more involved on behalf of, of, of the president. And, and that, that empowered us to, 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 to become a lot more involved. And the, at the board meeting, there was you know, unanimous support for investing in athletics. It was important. Um, and there were two principles that guided. I've mentioned the first one already, Josh, the fact that, um, that, that it is, our, our brand is intricately tied to the success of our major sports programs, particularly football. And the second principle, which is really important to Julio Frank, and it's been a guiding principle throughout this whole process, is that we owe it to our student athletes to put them in positions to succeed, both in the classroom and on the playing field. Right, that that's a sacred promise. When you recruit a, a student athlete here, when you sit in front of their parents and you tell them to spend you know four years of their life at the University of Miami, you want to make sure that they get a great education, but you also want to maximize their opportunities to develop their their special talent, which in their in their cases is is, is is playing football. And and that guided all the decisions. And we had to make some very tough decisions. Look, I I. Um, I am a a a, a friend and a, and a close and and, and someone that, that that has a lot of respect for our former athletic director Blake James, you know. And I and and I thought Manny Diaz did a lot of things right and brought a lot of talent to the field, but ultimately the decisions that that Julio made were made with the with that you know going back to that principle is what's in the best interest of our football program and our student athletes. And if you have an opportunity to bring in a unique talent like Mario Cristobal here, who we believe is one of the top two or three recruiters in the country, who is uh, someone with great experience, who's been around greatness at Alabama and, 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 and had great success in the Pac-12, um, if you can bring him back home, and, and he obviously has a, a unique connection to our program, then, then you owe it to, to your program to do that. So this meeting, right, um, that you just talked about, what, um, why was that the right, you know, why was that the time where, hey, we, the things you just said became actionable? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so it didn't happen over, I mean, the meeting was the culmination or, or, or the climax. Right. When you get to that, to use that uh, Malcolm Gladwell uh, phrase, the, you got to the tipping point. Yes. The, the September 30th was the tipping point. But as I alluded to, you know, it began with Mark Richt, you know, Mark, you know, had, had convinced us to, that we needed to invest in facilities to, to upgrade what we were doing in terms of facilities. He began recruiting, uh, you know, better, a better assistant coaching staff. And, and that, that thinking is something that Julio had been, had been, uh, had been meditating about for a while that keyboard members were, were giving a lot of thought to. And then obviously when, when, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll give, I'll give credit to Kirk Herbstreet when Kirk uh, made the, the comments that he made, you know, it helped, uh, 
in um, in politics, you know, where, where I spent the first uh, decade of my life. Yeah, that's coming politics, up here. That's coming up here somewhere, Rudy. In, in politics, they tell you, you know, you never let a, a crisis, you know, a good crisis, you know, go to waste. So meaning meaning that you you put it to good use. Uh, when when Kirk Herbstreit made the comments that he made, we have been thinking about this thoughts about this, you know, for for a couple of years, and certainly for for several months, and and the pace of the activity and conversations around the key leadership about the need to invest in athletics was accelerating, but we, we got to that tipping point after the, the Herb Street comments. So, so I guess, and shape this obviously uh, any way you want. So from that point moving, so that's, let's see, from that, that's the end of, end of September, Mario's hired in December. So maybe it's an eight to 10 week window, something along those lines, right? And you, you and Joe, and obviously you said these conversations had kind of been brewing, you know, in the, in the background. But from the time the president says, hey, Rudy, hey, Joe, look, I really need you to step in here. What were you, I don't know, what questions were you asking? What were you looking for? What were you listening for? Like, what was the, the how were you guys going about, we're going to, what ultimately became the end decisions that were made? We took a deep, deep dive on, on behalf of the president, working in conjunction with key board leaders to, to sort of understand uh, you know, what, um, you know, what was it? There were, there are a lot of things that were going right. And, you know, at, at the Hecht athletic center, but you're always looking to improve. What is it that we, that, that we still need to do in order to, to compete with the Georgias and the Alabamas, right. And, and, and to, to be major players in a, in a world of intercollegiate athletics that is more complicated than it's ever been before. Right. So you got to understand, and this is something that Julio meditated a lot on. And actually he was, he was the thought leader on this. He said, look, the job of being an athletic director today is, is harder than it was five years ago. And it'll be even more difficult five years from now. So you need to treat uh, athletics as, as our third vertical business. You know, we, we talk about the fact that we are in three vertical businesses that we manage uh, higher ed, uh, he, uh, the health system, and then the business of sports, then you need world-class, a world-class CEO uh, to lead that business. So we, you know, when we make the tough decision to, uh, you know, to, to make a change and, and, and Julio felt that he needed a fresh set of, you know, a, a fresh perspective and, and, and a new set of eyes to take a look at, at what we were doing in athletics. And we began the search for, for a new athletic director uh, you know, we wanted to, you know, we wanted to, to, to figure we, we, the, 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 we don't, you don't start by making decisions based on money. You decide what you want to do first. And then, and then you figure out, you know, whether you can fund it. Right. And we went out and we set out, set out a, a wide net in, in doing the national search for the athletic director. And we were looking for who's the best in the business. And that's how we came to uh, to talk to Dan Radakovich. and Dan is you know someone that's been around greatness, worked with uh, obviously with Davos Sweeney building the the very successful program at Clemson for the last decade. Before that, he had been athletic director at Georgia Tech. Uh, before that, he had worked with Nick Saban at LSU earlier in his career. I've heard of him. I've heard of him. Yeah. So so yeah, Nick Saban. Yeah, we've all heard of Nick. And um, yeah, so so we 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 figured. If we're gonna, if you're in, if you're gonna be in the business of football, and and athletics, you need to have world class leadership. Who's the best in the business? 
uh, and we felt Dan was the best in the business, so let's go get him. And 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 those conversations with him went went well. Uh, I had the 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 honor of recruiting, you know, being the 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 chief recruiter uh, when it came to bringing Dan here. And and while I am not an X's and O's guy, Josh, uh, the one thing that Mario Crystal and I have in common is that I am a relentless recruiter when it comes to executive talent. And and I and I pursued Dan Redakovich. And in the late stages, along with, with Joe and, and a couple of trustees, Mario Cristobal, like if I was recruiting, you know, a 300 pound defensive tackle, who's a five-star, that's the way I approached it. And I was tunnel vision in my approach. And, and I was, I was, I mean, I, you probably heard the fact that I, at one point, uh, you know, said, look, I'm, I'm taking the Pat Riley approach to this. We're whale hunting. We may land our whales. We may, we may not, but we're not going to, we're, we're not going to. We're going to swing for the fences in this in these two hires. So what does that look like? What does that look? So how, how does Rudy give me give me like a, a small nugget of Rudy's, you know, whale hunting uh, passion? Well, you, first of all, you got to decide who, you know, who are the whales that, you know, who do you want? You know, and, and I don't think Joe Echeverria, I give a lot of credit to Joe because he's he's uh, he's been a mentor to me internally. You know, he never, in conversations with Jen Strawley, who did an admirable job during the transition period and is, and is a very uh, exciting part of, of UM's future in athletics, you know, like Jen and I would have conversation with Joe and she was always, he was always just like, listen, what does success look like? Who are we going to benchmark against? And then who do we believe is the very best person in the business, whether it's in, 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 um, and at, for the football coach position or for the athletic director position. And then, and then, and then, and then let's decide who, who we're after. And then we decide we build the business model and the business case around it. So you start with, you know, dream big and, and swing for the fences. Don't let, um, you know, don't, don't start setting limitations from the very beginning. So that's how the, the thinking started. And once we decided um, that, uh, that Dan Radakovich was who we wanted. We, you know, we worked hard to sort of put in a, a very compelling offer. We flew up to Atlanta, Georgia on December 4th, which I think was a Saturday, uh, to meet with him in person, two key, two, two key trustees. And, 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 and I flew up um, as, part, as part of the trip with, uh, with two key trustees. And we, we put our best foot forward. And then I was calling... Uh, Dan every day, you know, and, <laughs> That's and texting we, right. Yeah. You're so you're, you're, you're sending him graphics, you're sending some social media graphics. You have some yeah, videos texting pretty- him every day, calling him every day. <laughs> I was on him. I was calling other people. You know, we tend to, sh- we share communications consultants, uh, you know, crisis communications consultants, uh, at Clemson and here. And he has a very good relationship with the, with the, with the consultant that we use. So I was back channeling information back to, back to Dan. And I was on him until, until we signed him. And with, with Mario, the timetable was, was, it opened the window on Mario. You know, Mario was very disciplined about the fact that he didn't want to make a decision before the Pac-12 uh, championship game was played. He didn't want to talk to anybody before the game was played. So the window opened up on that, that same Saturday that we were recruiting Dan. Well, we were also having conversations <laughs> with, with Mario, but the conversations began on Saturday morning and by Sunday night, we needed to make a decision. And Mario 
was interested in returning to his alma mater, then then we were gonna try to make it work with him. And, and if and if not, we needed to sort of move on because obviously the, the the world of college football meant that an early signing day was uh, was approaching quickly, and we needed to move quickly. So you mentioned uh, your political background. How much did that come in handy? Listen, um, the uh, the skills that I developed over in my in my in my first lifetime in national politics came to good use because because uh, obviously there's there's a communications aspect to any major move like this. And then there's, you know, you got to galvanize support for for the major investments that we were going to make. And, and we have a, a large board of trustees uh, who are the civic leaders of our community in South Florida, who are very passionate about the university and very passionate about athletics and making sure that everybody was um, was uh, was 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 uh, you know was properly informed and was supportive, you know, require I'm sure put to use some of those skills. And I can tell you, the last three weeks, last two or three weeks before we announced Mario and announced Dan, I, I worked as hard as I worked uh, when I was managing a region of the country for the Bush Cheney reelect in 2004. Uh, I mean, it was like 16-hour days. The last weekend, it was you know, 20 hour days. Um, and, uh, and I, and I haven't worked that hard since I helped reelect the president in 2004. The difference, as I like to remind friends is that in 2004, I was 30 years old and single. <laughs> you know, now I'm, now I'm 48, you know, and with four kids. So, so my body, I, I you know, there were moments where like, God, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I hope I, I, I hope I, you know, I, I, I hope I don't collapse, you know, as a result of this number of hours, but we got through it. Did you go to the Mario Cristobal school of energizing yourself of shots of Cuban? Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that line. I tweeted out that line. You know, it's like, uh, what did he say? Uh, I think it was six like 16 shots, shots of Cuban coffee and two hours and, of sleep and two hours of sleep. That was my favorite line from the, uh, from the press conference. Uh, Rudy, you mentioned before, and by the way, I can almost guarantee we're going to have to do this again because we're going to run. By the way, the dog in the background, I apologize. I'm, I'm in my no home worries. office. <laughs> no worries. What if that, what if that out in post-production? Um, so you mentioned, and look, I've been, you know, been around Canes football for a while. So, and anyone who's a sports fan, it's not hard to see how the business of the sport, right, has taken on a whole new life uh, in, in, in where we are in 2021, 2022. Uh and you guys have made a, a massive investment into the, into the sport. But so you touched on it a little bit, the, the, the understanding of where the sport of college football was right. You know, Mark Rick, you said, started to introduce you to that. Um, President Frank had kind of meditated on that, but at the, when you guys were brought in, um, whether the conversations had already occurred, there was the tipping point, et cetera, to then move in that space, right. Wh who was the, uh, who was pushing that philosophy? Who was pushing that, hey, it's our time to enter into this world, so to speak? It, it, the, the case to, to, to invest was, was, was a case that, uh, that, that was that, where, where Joe and I, as, as, as the two key people to, you know, advising the president on this were, were the architects of, of the case to the, the, the case to, uh, to invest. And we had great, great support from, from key board members. Lori Silver's the chair of our board. 
is a brilliant businesswoman with with a great track record of success as an entrepreneur. Um, founder of the Sci-Fi Channel is is one of her claims to fame, but by by far not the only one. And she understands business and the need to to invest in businesses and get a return. And she's been in that world of media and entertainment, so she understands. Well, while she's never been in the in the sports world, she under, certainly understands. Uh, you know, how investment in, in media and in entertainment work. Uh, she's a big uh, investor in esports, And uh, so, she, so she, she understood that world well. Uh, Manny Kadra, the vice chair of our board, is a very successful entrepreneur, one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the state of Florida and, and someone that's known nationally, understands how, how to invest and analyze uh, financials and, and understands the sports world well, world well. Uh, Jose Mas, who's on our board of trustees, the is is one of the he and his brother are are the controlling owners of Inner Miami soccer. So he certainly understands that world well and was a major proponent for for all of this. Uh, David Epstein, the the longtime chair of athletics, uh, you know, and former owner of the of the Florida Panthers, understands his world well. So so the decision to 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 invest and and articulating the reasons. To, to invest, you know, those, those names that I've alluded to and a few others, Jackie Travisano, our chief operating officer. Can I, can I, can I interrupt for one? Can yeah. I interrupt? Yeah. So why did, or maybe not why, or why and how did you and Joe come to that realization, right? Hey, this is the tipping point and this is the path forward. Well, you look at one misconception that I've been working hard to, to clear now that we're more open about talking about the decisions, um, is, is the fact that there's this misconception that, that football loses money, you know, or football doesn't make money, you know, at the University of Miami. That's a, that's, that's a misconception. Football, football, even before half-empty stadiums, football revenues, you know, far exceed football expenditures, right? So, so you know, if you stand as I've had an opportunity to stand at Hard Rock Stadium in the middle of the game next to my buddy, Joe, Joe Echevarria, you know, and you look around the stadium, you see that it's half empty and you envision, well, what would this look like if rather than it being half empty, you know, it, what if we're 90% full? You know, what if we're 100% full? You know, how does that impact revenues, right? And how, how does that impact, uh, you know, income into athletics, you know, once you sort of make those projections and, and, and we did an analysis and said, look, if we stay the course, this is what we can project in terms of revenues. If we bring an exciting coach and invest in, in the program and the program is averaging 10 wins a season, this is what we can project. And, and, and the, and, and then the case, once you sort of run the numbers and you had, I had the benefit of working with world-class business types like Joe Echevarria and Manny Cadre and Lori Silvers and David Epstein, once you sort of analyze, analyze that the answer is there, the answer is there. And, and couple that with, with what I've alluded to earlier, Josh, it's if you have a brand that, that has an emotional connection that we, we own a share of, of, of South Florida's heart, right? If you own a share of someone's heart, of a community's heart, shame on you if you lose that, right? That's a very powerful thing because you have an emotional connection to a community. And that was also an important reason to, to do it.
don't 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 let this opportunity go to waste because things you could lose that share of people's of people's hearts. You know, you show up at any heat game and you realize the passion that fans have for for the Miami Heat product. I think that's important. So um, I, I always thought to myself as you guys were going through this process, and this is actually our first time talking. I've talked to at least briefly talked to Joe from time to time when he finally decided to say hello to me. Um, but I thought to myself, you know, this is, this is a, what happened for the University of Miami was a big deal, a huge deal. But you've mentioned you worked in the White House and Joe ran a multi-international global conglomerate with Deloitte and Touche, right? Or Deloitte now. Um, Deloitte. Deloitte. So to me, at least, it was the numbers being thrown around. What was happening is a big deal in our world, right? In this world. But to you guys, to me, even someone like Joe, um, I'm going to say they weren't big, but he's been in this space, right? He's been, he's lived in this world for his whole professional career, cutting big deals and, and what those things look like, even if we're not dealing in the transactions of hires of personnel in his world, it might be real estate or, you know, whatever else is going on in there was, did that help? You think that you're both of your Tremendous. backgrounds? Tremendously, tremendously. I, I mean, both Joe and I, and, and, and the key board leaders, you know, we were, you know, we've been around big numbers, right? And, and, and by the way, you don't rise to positions of leadership in any enterprise uh, of, of significance, you know, if you're afraid to make decisions, right? You can't, you, that, that's one of the things that, that you gotta be comfortable making big decisions. And, and Joe certainly was, was prepared to make that decision uh, I, I was prepared to recommend, you know, that the president that the president make that decision. And the president ultimately is a person that, while he's an introvert, that he, he will never, you know, he, you know, he, he people don't mis, mis, misunderstand Julio Frank sometimes because he's an introvert, right? But he's a very thoughtful man that meditates a lot on this on this, on this big issues, and he's not afraid to to make decisions. And ultimately, this was his decision. Joe and I, you know. Put a put a case together for it, and and uh, and re- made a recommendation. But Julio Frank ultimately made the call, and he's not afraid to to make decisions. I thought I thought we had the right president, by the way, uh, in charge of the institution, because it takes a very confident president to know what he what, what Julio Frank one of Julio's most underappreciated characteristics is that he knows what he knows. And he knows what he doesn't know, right? So he is not at times, you know, in the blogs and people talking about athletics say, well, he's not a football fanatic. It's like, no, he's not. But he, but he, but he, um, and he doesn't follow it as closely as I do, Josh, right? But he knows that I follow it closely. And he's got <laughs> great confidence, great confidence in me and great confidence in Joe and great confidence in the keyboard members that were advising him. And, um, you know, and that, and, and it takes great confidence for a leader to take advice, you know, when they feel they need to take advice. And, and I think that makes him the right president to be leading the University of Miami during this, uh, during this period. All right. I want to know about the napkin. M plus D. Oh, that's or a, a piece great of paper. I don't know if it was a napkin or a piece of paper, but I just want I to know see, about, I, do you have let it? See if I, let me see. I may still have it because I, I had it in my wallet, right? Yeah. Yep. You can see the wallet here. And and I'll tell you I'll tell you the whole story because that that weekend alone is probably you know worth a whole a whole segment. Uh, let me see if I had it. I have it. Don't tell me I took it out. 
Well, I, I think I took it out. But uh, but I put it in my wallet that that weekend of uh, the fourth and fifth of December, you know, we were we were zeroing in on Dan Radakovich, and we were also beginning, you know, the the crazy forty hour period that was going to be the window to recruit Mario Cristobal. Uh, so I knew it was going to be a crazy weekend. I knew that um, that there was a lot of pressure. Our fan base you know, had, had huge uh, expectations as to, as to the moves that were, you know, they knew, they knew that the athletic director move was under underway and, 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 and there was a lot of pressure on, on the coaching side as, as well. So I, I knew it was going to be a roller coaster of a weekend and I'm a, I'm a big movie fan. And I don't know if you've seen the movie draft day. Yeah. Uh, you know, in draft day, you know, Kevin Costner's character is running the draft day operations as general manager of the Cleveland Browns. And he's got a player that he wants to draft no matter the roller coaster emotional right that he was going to endure in the days leading up to the draft. So in a piece of paper, he writes the player's name down. So I, I, I sort of followed suit and, and Joe and I had been talking in the days leading up to this critical weekend that one way or the other, we needed to, to be able to, we needed to, we were going after two whales, Mario and Dan, and at the end of the weekend, we needed to have either Mario locked down M, Dan locked down D, or M plus D. So there were only three options that weekend, come hell or high water, right? Regardless of what happened, we needed to have either Mario signed, Dan signed, or both Mario and Dan signed, all right? Or, or God help us with the fan base, right? Because on Monday... <laughs> You know, after, you know, the athletic director search had been going on for a few weeks, et cetera. And we needed to, 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 to show that we were serious about the future of UM football and UM athletics. And we, and we needed to show that we were, you know, we had been searching for an athletic director for a while. We needed to show progress. So the, so I put this piece on paper, you know, to remind me, Hey, whatever happens this weekend is going to be crazy. And it was, you know, uh, whatever happens, it's M D or M plus D. And, and we've ended up ending, ending with, with both. So that was, well, give, I want to give me, give me, give me, um, your mental state, your emotional state flying on the plane that right. Like this is the moment of truth, right? Like you just described it. it's one, two, it's at least one. Hopefully it's two, but it can't be nine. I, I was, I was, it, I was, it was a very intense weekend. Um, I slept, I think, three hours on Saturday night leading up to Sunday. I left the house. I mean, Saturday we, 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 we were, you know, we had began conversations with, with Mario um, and, and with Mario's agent. Mario's agent was meeting with Mario to, 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 to review the, the basic uh, construct of the terms. We're in conversations with Mario's agent on Saturday, but then we boarded a plane to to Atlanta to meet with Dan in person. So both things were happening concurrently. Um, the media, another factor that I haven't mentioned, all the rumors and the and the innuendo and the guesses, et cetera, everything. I mean, social media was on fire, uh, and people, a lot of trust. You know, some of our trustees said. Oh, this is unfortunate. But I always look at the glass half full, Josh. The fact that there was so much uh, excitement and, and hunger for any little piece of information about these two searches speaks to the passion that, that exists for our program, right? Because, you know, I, I got to tell you, we, we recruited beans of, for the College of Engineering 
or and the School of Education, and they're both very competent leaders um, who, who I like a lot. Social media is not blowing yeah, up. Yeah, no, you're not getting any more followers by breaking down the uh, the two finalists for the Dean of Engineering. Correct, correct. And, and it's the world that we live in, right? Like, no offense, of no offense. I'm sure they put on yeah, a great no, show, no, no but offense. you know. No, no offense, but, but, uh, but, that's the, but, but for this, there was great hunger. And it speaks to the passion that people yeah, well, have. That's in your wheelhouse, world. Rudy. That's in your wheelhouse, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. So I was, I was excited. Um, it was, it was an intense weekend. Um, you know, we, we knew we, 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 we were, you know, we were laser focused on the fact that the coaching decision needed to be made by Sunday night. You know, we got the yes from, you know, from, uh, from Mario at, at the very end of that, of that weekend. And, uh, and it was, and then we had to pivot very quickly, Josh, because we had, um, you know, Mario gives us the yes, uh, on Sunday evening. And then the minute he gives us the yes, then we need to be, begin preparing the rollout. And we need to also, you know, begin getting his input on a lot of decisions because this is kind of like running a, a relay race. You know, the baton needs to be handed off without dropping the baton on the floor. Right. So we needed input from Mario, you know, very quickly. And, and, uh, you know, and it was, it was, I mean, I was on a FaceTime call with Mario on Sunday night at 10 PM. And I could tell you, I'm going to tell you a story that I'm not particularly proud of, but I've said it a couple of times and, 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 and my wife, uh, sort of chuckles at the fact that I share this story publicly, but at 10 PM at night, I'm on a call, you know, finalizing the deal with Mario, um, 10 p.m. at night on Sunday, FaceTime call for an hour call with Mario, right? And my wife walks into our master bedroom where I'm doing the FaceTime call from, and she's eager to get my attention. I don't know if you're married or not, but, but, I am. but uh, yeah, so you could imagine the scenario, right? And she's and I'm holding my phone in front of my face, you know, like sort of like, like this. And, and she walks in and she's desperate to get my attention. And I'm like ignoring her because I am tunnel vision. I've worked you know, really hard to come to this place. And I'm now yeah. finally, <laughs> and she, and she is relentless and she takes to writing a message on a paper and she writes to me, Rudy, um, there's unsubstantiated reports and, and people don't believe that they're credible, but there's, there, there's, there's reports that there may be a school shooting at high school, you know, uh, tomorrow. And we have a couple of kids at high school, right? Oh. And, uh, and, 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 and I need the contact. We have a, I need the contact for so-and-so at the school board to check on the rumors. I proceeded to, without dropping my phone, I proceeded to, to sort of tech, you know, forward her the contact information she was looking for. And I kept talking to Mario, right. You know, so that was how tunnel vision I, I got. Right. I, I have since apologized profusely for, for, for being, uh, for not, for not paying more attention to her, but that's the, um, I mean that's the insanity of this this last you know couple of hours leading up up to the to to landing the big price. All right. So um, as we get to the end of this session, now that things are in place, right? Now that all things are in place, and obviously we are at the very 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 beginning of all of this, right? Um, with your people in place, M and D, what is what's the like? What's the you kind of landed it, right? You closed this part of the deal to secure the future of hurricane athletics. And that means what to you and to the school? Look, I, I think this is obviously I was, I was thrilled that we landed our two, what we perceive are 
you know, the, the best athletic director in the country and one of the best, you know, five coaches in the country. So, so we are, I'm excited about the team. I, I'm excited about how Dan and, and Mario are going to work together uh, to, to build something that's, uh, that's going to be, um, you know, that, that, that I think it's going to, is going to get us back to, to, to that, you know, to that national prominence in football and in other sports. Uh, Cause I think the, you know, there the, the other, there's other sports that are very important to us. Um, but I, but I, 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 a lot of friends reached out to me in, in the week after we, we announced the two hires and I, well, I was relieved. Uh, I'm not celebrating. I'm not no, celebrating. I, know. I already know this. I've heard this. You're not. So I know you're not celebrating till we're in the playoffs. I got that. There's no celebration, but so what, but not like one little drink, nothing, a sip of something, one, you know, I don't, whatever. No, I, favorite, I got a lot of event. sleep. I caught up okay, on sleep. Of, that was your celebration, right? You, but what yeah. I guess the, what what is the job that you saw the mission through to hire these guys? What what um, the fulfillment of what can be, right? The fulfillment of what can be with these guys in place and what that means for the university. Look, I I think it's terribly exciting. I, I expect that we're gonna we're and we've seen already like in the in the first few weeks of ticket sales for 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 this, the twenty twenty two season. Sales are substantially up. There's 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 great excitement. I think we're going to play uh, in 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 a stadium that's that that will be at 80, 90 percent capacity for for every game, if not if not more. Uh, I think that's what our kids deserve, right? Because because the you know to 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 play in for in front of a park, packed house is exciting for the student athlete. And at the end of the day, this is about the student athlete. Um, you know, I, I envision, you know, college future college playoffs. I envision, I, I envision a, a men's basketball team that is a consistent, you know, uh, entry into the, the field of 64. I envision a, a baseball uh, team that's, you know, that's back in the, in the college world series. I, I, I envision a team led by Katie Meyer that's uh, that's in the sweet 16 in the in the women's uh, field uh so so I'm, I'm excited about the, the future of kane athletics and um and i will continue my my role and joe's role continues to be that of of supporting uh what dan will do and working with the coaches you know and to be to be the the president's uh, you know one of the two two key uh, aides to the president in supporting and, and in making sure that the that the university is totally in line and in sync with what uh, what athletics uh, needs and what the future of athletics is. All right. So last thing here. So you say you joked, I think, with Joe when you did an interview with him after Mario. How many emails were waiting for you after that? You said there was like uh, upward. Oh, there, 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 that's it's great. That you <laughs> asked that. There, there, were, there were about, about a thousand emails in my inbox. I. Um, I cut up over. Hey, the what holidays. about me, Rudy? Rudy, what about us over here? Can you can you yeah, help I, us? I cut up. I cut up on the thousand emails, and here's the funny story here. So the email, the emails. I was probably you know reading emails from, um, you know, from the from mid November on, right? <laughs> and and, it, and the funny thing is that there were hundreds of emails from fans that I've never met in person, and if you read the mid November emails. They're like, you guys are totally screwing this up, you know, you know, like, you know, you know, you know, I am, I am, I am, I am, uh, I'm a season ticket holder is giving up on our season tickets, you know, don't you do guys, that, don't do that, you won't get them back. <laughs> correct. So that, but they were negative because it was before the announcement. Right. And then after the announcements, right, it was funny to be able to read those then 
after the and then afterwards, the same people are writing saying, you know, God bless you, God bless Julio Frank and the board of trustees. I just bought 20 new season tickets. So you got to take all this with a grain of salt, Josh. I mean, you know, there's a lot of passion, and that's the good thing. But ultimately, you cannot make decisions based on 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 fanatics, right? You got to make uh, the best. You know, you, use your judgment, use your experience. Um, you know, and and Joe and I and and the keyboard members that sort of had a huge impact on this decision: Manny Cadre, Jose Mas, David Epstein, Lori Silvers, and and ultimately the president. You know, took an information from from his key advisors and made the best decision for the University of Miami. Rudy, thank you for doing this. It was a pleasure. I, I've, I've got, uh, I only got to some of this, okay? It's only got to some well, of I'm this. Well, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do a uh, a second edition, and I'll look for you the next time that I'm- uh, Yeah, come know, say I, hi. I will, I, I will come say hi in person. Thank you for you do. Thank you for everything you do for us.